the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good day to you, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I want you to hear something. Rarely begin a show with some audio, but this is so engaging. Bill Maher is an interesting person. He's generally been a man of the left, but he... He has courage, so that immediately removes him from the left, and he becomes a dissenter, while perhaps still on the left, certainly on the progressive quote-unquote side of the spectrum. But I admire uh, his courage. Some of his positions, obviously, I differ strongly with. I've been on his show, and... He's one of the few, by the way, one of the few on the left who would have somebody like me. They, Because uh, he is not afraid of dissent. 99% of those on the left are. 0% of us on the right are. We would happily have any of these leading leftists on the shows that we do. They never come on. for. Uh, oh, I was going to add for good reason, but that only will further dissuade them. The only good reason is not because they'll be mistreated. On my show, they're treated actually with kid gloves. But they, there's no intellectual basis for leftism. And so when it's portrayed as such, when it is revealed as such, the balloon explodes. Leftism is a balloon. Conservatism is a pin. One of the ways in which I look at matters. So anyway, Bill Maher did speak to his audience. Uh, the show was, I, I guess if I heard it yesterday, Monday, I guess it was probably on the Friday night show. Uh, hopefully we got the right moments, and here goes. You know the reason why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34 demographic? Because it's the most gullible Yeah. A third of people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police, not defunding, but doing away with a police force altogether, which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. (laughs) 36% of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try it. I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. But it did happen. And there are people around who remember it. Pining for communism 
It's like pining for Betamax or MySpace. <laughs> so when you say, you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. If the statistics are accurate, it's beyond belief. 35% of young Americans want to abolish the police. We have raised that many morons. Wow. <laughs> they just, you get, yes, you don't get it. He had actually, as well, a fascinating little segment on how other cultures respect uh, people who are older. I'm older, and uh, I'm not saying it because I'm older. I said this when I was 25. Because I was raised in a religious tradition. Honor your father and mother. People I studied weren't uh, 90 years old. The people I studied were 2,000 years old. In some cases, 3,000 years old, like Moses. Never struck me that age was an impediment to wisdom. Struck me that age was more likely to increase wisdom. Ask ask even a leftist, are you wiser today? Do you think you're wiser today than 15 years ago? It's hard for me to imagine that there is one who would say no. So doesn't that mean that even people on the left would acknowledge that there is some more wisdom likely. Of course, an old leftist is as foolish as a young leftist, but nevertheless, as people get older, Barbara Streisand notwithstanding, they tend to get wiser and leave the left. Stay liberal, but they leave the left. Leftism is an eruption of impetuosity. That was uh, a powerful segment. And I salute the Bill Marfort, 18 Prager 776. I assume you have heard. The story is remarkable on so many levels. A tape was given out to people in the media in the West by someone in Iran. You had the, uh, the foreign minister... Mohammad Javad Zarif, I'm sure you've seen or heard, and he was uh, talking to someone, obviously, I, th- I assume in Farsi, and the audio was leaked. Now, doesn't that, I would assume, that puts the man to whom he spoke in, in some serious trouble in Iran. How could it have been leaked with, without him playing a part? But some somebody leaked it. It's hard to imagine, as I said, that the Iranian regime will not find out who did it. But it was uh, very embarrassing to Iran. It's another leak in their intelligence. They're, they're having a very hard time with their intelligence, especially uh, vis-a-vis uh, Israel. Most recently, just a few weeks ago, another Iranian nuclear facility uh, was uh, 
was damaged uh, severely. Incidentally, I just want to read to you, this is in the New York Times. I'd like to read to you. Zarif says that by assassinating the Soleimani, remember that? Soleimani, the, the, the major Iranian figure who organized so many attacks by Iranians in the Middle East and elsewhere. The, by assassinating Soleimani in Iraq, the United States delivered a major blow to Iran more damaging than if it had wiped out an entire city in an attack. Is another great achievement of the last president. The number of bold, that is courageous achievements of the most maligned president in American history, Donald Trump. Uh, is uh, is really remarkable. <laughs> I just keep using that word. In terms of achievements, the man was a great, not a good, but a great president. And I judge presidents largely by their achievements or by what they did to hurt the world and the country. Joe Biden has only hurt the world and the country thus far. He has been the most damaging president in modern history, and Trump was the most accomplished president in American history. But as people reacted emotionally, they didn't ask what was good for America. They asked, do I like Donald Trump? I find that to be puerile, or puerile, depending on how you pronounce the word. The word means childish, truly childish. You don't like Donald Trump. You think he's uh, and then you fill in all of the provided words by the New York Times. So what? Was killing Soleimani a great act of goodness on this earth? Was goodness increased and cruelty decreased? Was the most dangerous, abominable regime outside of North Korea weakened or strengthened? Were weakened by, by Donald Trump? Yes. Strengthened by Joe Biden, that is their hope. This is in this is in a tape smuggled out in which Mohammed Zarif is speaking, the foreign minister. But the real bombshell is yet to come. One eight Prager seven seven six. I'm Dennis Prager. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. 
I'm really happy. It, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this way is stringing us along Okay, everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. Don't pay no mind to the demons, they fill you with fear. So a leaked audio tape from Javad Zarif the foreign minister of Iran speaking to some associate and incredible that it was leaked. And the first thing I want you to know, this is the New York Times, which got the, which got the audio. He said that by assassinating Soleimani, the United States delivered a major blow to Iran, more damaging than if he had wiped out an entire city in an attack. How many people on the left condemned the president for the attack on Soleimani? Donald Trump had courage. Joe Biden is a wimp. That's what this that's what the mask symbolizes. Okay? Why is Joe Biden who's who's vaccinated wearing a mask all the time? He's a wimp. He's the, he's the opposite of what many of us define as masculine or leader. And, of course, this is going to be totally uh, dismissed as just ancient talk. Fine. You, you think that, that a lot of Americans admire Joe Biden for wearing a mask after being vaccinated is only an indication of the impoverishment of thought in the United States and calling weak strong and strong weak. You're a wimp if you wear a mask after being vaccinated. Now, are you a nice person? Can you be nice and kind and sweet and honorable otherwise? Yes. People are mixed bags. I get it. Some very sweet people listening who wear a mask outdoors after being vaccinated or indoors for that matter. Equally stupid. But I I would ask you to please uh, understand. Look, I wear it when I go into a store. Sort of wimpy on my part, by the way. I I fully acknowledge. I I don't want, in part because I'm a public figure, I don't want to start a fight, have it videoed, and and look uh, foolish. I'm very aware of my being a public person and that everything is videoed. So if I walk into a private place, I put on the mask. I walk into this uh, building which houses my radio studio, I wear the mask for approximately 20 seconds. The woman at the front desk asked me to put one on months ago. When I come into the building, I do. The moment I get into the elevator, I take it off. But I honor her request. 
and she's very touched by it. She knows, and she believes it too, because she keeps the mask most of the time under her nose. She knows it, it has nothing to do with science. It's it's all BS. It's all BS. The whole mask thing was a farce. And uh, 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 the, one of the many, many proofs of the farce of the masks was that you couldn't visit your dying parent even if you wore a mask. I thought masks were effective. Not effective enough to to stop your parent from dying alone for a year this happened to the disgrace of the medical profession. Many disgraces in the medical profession in the last year. Many. Oh, by the way, before I continue on Iran, I got a question. The people who aren't getting vaccinated because it isn't FDA approved and has had no long-term trials, it is only... Uh, used for emergency use officially, so they're waiting. And they're, of course, derided by the left. And all of a sudden, the left, which all of my life has attacked Big Pharma, is now a great friend of Big Pharma, totally trusting. It's not money for Pfizer and Moderna. It's just altruism. Maybe it is. Although I assume they're making a fortune. But maybe it is. And by the way, I don't care if they make a fortune if they're helping people. It's fine with me. Make a fortune helping people is a good thing. Better than how George Soros made a living. He didn't make a living helping people. But all of a sudden, oh, trust Big Pharma, trust Big Pharma. It's just an interesting change. Back to the Iran tape. The recording of a conversation in March between Mr. Zarif and an economist named Saeed Lelaz, an ally, was not meant for publication, as the foreign minister can repeatedly be heard saying on the audio. A copy was leaked to the London-based Persian news channel, Iran International, which first reported on the recording and shared it with the New York Times. On it, Mr. Zarif confirmed what many have long suspected, that his role as the representative of the Islamic Republic on the world stage is severely constricted. Decisions, he said, are dictated by the Supreme Leader or frequently the Revolutionary Guards Corps. Iran's foreign ministry did not dispute the authenticity of the recording, but questioned the motive for the leak. The motive for the leak was to hurt the Iranian despicable regime. We all know the motive of the leak. A former vice president, Mohammad Ali Abdahi, said that the publication of Mr. Zarif's audio was, quote, tantamount to Israel stealing the nuclear documents from Iran. That is how big a deal this is. And now the punchline. In the New York Times, it is one line, one sentence, and it is uh, about uh, five sentences from the end. One sentence. Former Secretary of State John Kerry informed Zarif that Israel had attacked Iranian interests in Syria at least 200 times. To his astonishment, Mr. Zarif said. And now on Town Hall, I am uh, 
I'm seeing a headline here. Calls for Kerry's resignation mount after bombshell allegations surface. Biden administration climate czar John Kerry, also a former Secretary of State in the Obama administration, is under fire for leaking information about Israel to the Iranian foreign minister. They write allegedly, but it's Zarif who says it. Kerry denies these claims. Jan Psaki, the spokesman for the Biden administration, said they don't comment on leaked documents when asked about it. Compare the transparency of a Biden news conference and the confrontation by the press with what's happening now. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Friends, I'm Dennis Prager. And I welcome you back. Or to the show. If you don't get to hear all three hours, please know you can hear all three hours anytime you want without commercials. In fact, at PragerTopia.com. It's also a great gift. It's $5 or $6 a month. Very inexpensive. You can also hear the show on iHeartRadio at uh, at my home station at DennisPrager.com. There are many ways to hear all three hours at your convenience. Or if you're out of earshot of a radio station that carries the show. PragerTopia.com Now, it's a very interesting thing when you have a tape... An audio tape, well, not tape, an audio recording by the foreign minister of a country stating that the foreign minister of another country said something to him. They're very close, even though they're enemy states, an enemy state 
which is his own statement about John Kerry. And why would the Iranian foreign minister lie about John Kerry to an ally of his on a recording that he was sure would not see the light of day? Can you answer that? John Kerry said it was a total lie. So Zarif is a liar. His, his friend Zarif is lying about him in private. That's, that is the only inference to draw from the denial that he said it. Is there anybody with any intellectual honesty who thinks it is unlikely that John Kerry so loathes Israel, and especially Benjamin Netanyahu, that he would give secrets about Israel away to the Iranian regime? Is that It doesn't even occur to me as a possibility that he wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, my apologies. I forgot that I have a guest. Poor guy had to listen to this. Well, it's not that bad. A lot of people do. Uh, he has done a very uh, important thing, this uh, my guest. And uh, James Lindsay is publisher and editor of NewDiscourses.com. His new book is Cynical Theories, How Activist Scholarship Made Everything About Race, Gender, and Identity. How, how Activist... Yes, and why this harms everybody. I think I was given... Well, anyway, I'll ask him. Uh, he's uh, He presents the PragerView video this week, What is Critical Race Theory? It's a superb video. All right, James, thank you for holding on. Glad to be here. Good. Glad to have you. We'll go from Iran to the United States, which is drifting toward uh, a, <laughs> a police state, not not too far from that. What what got your expertise? What what got you to be an expert in critical race theory? You know, I like to tell people I kind of fell backwards into it. Um, a number of years ago, I ended up getting very involved in online activity. You know, the culture war was arising. I got into uh, people were wrong on the internet, as you know happens. People have to deal with that, and so I kept running into this where people were getting treated very unfairly around this idea of something called systemic racism. And so I ended up looking into systemic racism. Systemic sexism was another big issue people were talking about. And I discovered these entire veins of academic literature that I started to read a little bit. And the next thing you know, a colleague of mine and I, his name is Peter Bogosian, decided we would write fake academic papers to expose what was going on in the universities in these subjects, that they were producing not actual scholarship, but the kind of sophistry where you start with a conclusion, like that everything is racist or everybody is sexist or somehow sexism and racism structure all of society, and then you just contort all of the information that you're dealing with to support the conclusion that you started with. And so we ended up doing a massive project a couple of years ago. It came out in October of 2018 where we had written 20 of these fake papers. Seven of them had been accepted. Seven more were still under review when the Wall Street Journal told their story. And suddenly we were massive international experts in this problem in academia 
And so we continued our study, or I continued it in particular, wrote cynical theories to tell people more clearly what's actually going on and have continued to dig and dig and dig to try to find out how in the world have things gone so crazy? Uh, how in the world is this what we're talking about everywhere? How in the world is this in every company, every church, every hospital, every medical journal now, governments? How is this? everywhere. Why does Biden have a, a racial equity plan as a core pillar of what he's doing? These are the questions that I didn't realize I'd be trying to answer, and I was getting all of the foundation necessary to answer them immediately as soon as they started to come out. And so that's how I actually got into this. So can you, when you come back, when we get back, I want you to provide my listeners with a you know, the briefest possible explanation of critical race theory because people have a sense but I think that they need to know it well and by the way the best way is to watch his video at PragerU.com James Lindsay, who gives the course at PragerU this week. What is critical race theory? The book is Cynical Theories, How Activist Scholarship Made Everything About Race, Gender, and Identity, and Why This Harms Everybody. To my delight, it is one of the best-selling books on Amazon, and it came out last August. Ayan Hirsi Ali says, if you read one book on this subject, this should be the book and you should give it. If you want to know the philosophy behind cancel culture and why it is so creepy, get this book. Then give it to your friends and family. So, in a nutshell, critical race theory. Yeah, critical race theory is a movement. It describes itself as a movement, not as a scholarly endeavor, per se, a movement to change people's relationship between race, racism, and power. That's how they describe it in their own words. It is, in fact, a way to re-racialize America following the civil rights deracialization in many regards, at least at the legal level, to put race back into relevance in everything. We saw this, for example, in California uh, with a Proposition 16 on the ballot last November with the goal to re or to remove the anti-discrimination language from the state constitution because they want to engage in discrimination. You can read that explicitly, for example, in one of their their, their leading lights books, uh, Ibram Kendi in his very famous book, uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist, writes that the remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination, and the remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. So this is a this is a movement meant to re-racialize so that they can discriminate favorably to people who not just have certain racial characteristics that they find to be preferable, but rather they have the politics that go with those. But they, they, they have this idea called structural determinism, that your life is determined based on what race you happen to be uh, a member of and that you have to accept the fact that racial determinism is a feature of life, and we have to therefore reorganize society around and re- by giving people power and money, basically, to, to level the playing field, as they say, 
try to unmake those things. It is the belief that racism is a system, not a property of individuals, not a property of institutions, not something that can be corrected, but it's baked into literally the entire system of how we organize society, all the way down to the language that we use, what we consider to be truth, what we consider to be knowledge, and also the organization of our institutions and uh, our values, our virtues, our civic norms, civility, for example, uh, belief in evidence, rationality, punctuality, loyalty, meritocracy, all of these things are seen to be aspects of white supremacist culture. And the objective of critical race theory is to use these narratives in order to reorganize society to their advantage, to their political advantage, and to remake the entire system, literally to make room for something that is like, an, not to be too dramatic, but truthfully, an ethnically infused communist structure named equity. I agree. I mean, <laughs> I never thought that I would even use the C word, applying it to America, the communism word. Mm-hmm. This, this this has shocked me. That was my field of study. I spent time in communist countries, and now uh, I see it uh, rear its head. It's an interesting thing about this Ibram Kendi, who, by the way. Did, in a disgrace to Boston University, has the chair Ellie Wiesel had for so many years. To see that, want to see the decline in academia, just look at the chair he holds at Boston University. So, does he believe what he says? I think he does. Um, I don't know that all of them do, but uh, I think that most of them, most of the people who promulgate this theory do believe it. I think that it is literally the equivalent of a cult reprogramming. So that, for example, uh, to, to quote from critical race theory, it is the, the, the belief that the, the first assumption, as they describe in their textbooks, so the first assumption critical race theory makes is that racism is the ordinary state of affairs in society. It's not an aberration from them. It is the so-called normal science. That's an exact quote from the book critical race theory and introduction. So they believe that racism is the ordinary state of affairs in society. And when you've been reprogrammed to think that racism is the driving force, the structurally determinist force for how society is organized, you learn to see it everywhere, and you just find evidence everywhere you look and completely brainwash yourself to believe that that's the way that the world is ordered. So, and that, that, for, 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 right, so forgive me. The, the, that means that he, you people like him believe that if you teach as the Oregon Education Department has stated you shouldn't teach, teaching that there is only one right answer in math is racist. Correct. Correct. So if I, forgive me, I I have to pursue this. So if, uh, to the best of our ability, and we're not Ibram X. Kendi, who is, I want to just say for the hundredth time, is, of course, invited onto my show. I don't know if he's ever actually debated anybody. They tend not to debate on the left. But if I were to ask him, do you believe that two, what is two plus two has one right answer? What would he say? We'll be back. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. Serving USA. Pacific Palace, inside, outside, you're selling over your inside, inside, 
subject as well or better than anyone, critical race theory, this whole racialization of America. Leon Hirsi says this is the book to get. And it's titled Cynical Theories. Also, his video on the subject is up this week at PragerU.com. By the way, where do you live, James? I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I envy you. Yeah, I don't envy you living in California if that's where you are. That's right. That's where I am. So what would Ibram X. Kendi answer if I said to him, is there one right answer to the question, what is 2 plus 2? Well, I don't want to speak for, for Mr. Richard Fair enough. Rogers. I'm Mr. using him only symbolic. What, sure, of course. What, what would these I'm glad you answer? asked, though. Yeah, okay. So what, he would, what, what critical race theorists would answer to that is they would say that, of course, 2 plus 2 equals 4 is one answer to that question. But to believe that it's the only answer to the question is to reassert a power dynamic, a system of thinking, a way of knowing that favors that answer and that benefits the people who have gained and exploited the power that having that answer has allowed them to have. And so you have to leave open the, the, the room for other answers. And you also have to recognize that a system that is itself racist has been in place to make sure that people believe that the only answer is 2 plus 2 equals 4. Uh, so that, that, that's the result of a hegemonic discourse in mathematics and science that limits the range of possible answers and discredits other possible answers and ways of getting to those answers. I salute you uh, to, uh, this is not meant in any way as a joke, to have mastered idiocy as well as you have is not easy. Nothing you said made sense, and that is exactly what they say. So, except there is one thing that makes sense. Those who do believe there is one right answer in math do tend to ascend to power. That is true. So one would hope that all races would utilize that system in math. Is that not the one and only logical response? You would think so. Um, the fact of the matter is that the critical race theorists do not believe in objective truth. They do not believe right. that truth is something that we can actually discover. They think the truth is something asserted by people who have power in order to maintain and entrench their power, which, of course, is ironic because it ends up disempowering them. You know, even if they're able to seize power politically, they can't keep it for very long because they're going right. to get the wrong answers to questions and things are going to fall well, apart. You are, you are affirming what I've said all my life. Truth is not a left-wing value. The book, no pun intended, is critical. It is up at my website. 